0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Future Belongs to Creators podcast. I'm Haley, as you all know. I hope alongside my colleagues and co-hosts, Charlie and
1: Miguel. How are you guys doing today? Well, we started off waving like maniacs, so that was fun. Yep. For anyone who <laughs> yeah. was listening to the audio version, you missed me and Miguel cheesing it up and waving our hands as Haley introduced. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. It's a good it's a good Wednesday right before we uh, Right before we started actually recording this, we were all talking about: is it like a hump day or is it slump day? And I think we're going to change this into like not a slump day, into a hump day. Sounds good. I'm really excited about <laughs> it. yeah today. I don't even know what that made if that made sense, but I was just trying to come up with something clever in my introduction, and I quite possibly you succeeded.
2: Failed. You succeeded. That was very clever. Yep. yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys. For, thank you guys. I think we've also come to the conclusion that I'm nervous about introducing uh, and also closing podcasts. So forgive me. But today I was super excited about this, this post. Uh, and then Charlie gave this uh, topic a little bit of love in the comments when we were talking about what we wanted to chat about today. But I wanted to talk about this particular topic because I don't actually know what the answer is. And so I thought it would mm. make for a great conversation um, but it was one of the original pitches of things that we thought we should talk about when we were transitioning from Nathan and Barrett to our podcast team. And I wanted to chat about being an influencer versus being a creator. What are the differences? How do we define the two? Are they in fact the same? Are they in fact different? How do the two monetize if they are different? Um, but I think that in the creator economy, this is a big question about it, you know, if you're. Consider yourself as a creator. How do you monetize? What are the different methods to monetize? And then also how people identify themselves as creators. You'll hear a lot of people call themselves influencers, but you'll also hear a lot of people call themselves creators because they don't like the word influencers. So it's just a really interesting topic and I'm excited to chat about it today.
1: Yeah, me too. I I wrote when you proposed this topic, I was like, I have many thoughts on this. Yes,
0: let's let's go into it for sure. Yeah. Miguel, how many yeah. many thoughts do you have on this topic?
2: I have probably fewer than Charlie's, but um, I'm also very opinionated. So I'm feeling good about all of my thoughts, I think.
1: <laughs> and what yeah. I like about this is that we have not discussed yet what each other thinks on this topic. Like, mm.
2: well, that's the fun—we get to figure exactly. that out. Exactly.
1: Yeah, we get to figure it out now. Maybe we'll have a fight. Who knows? That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I love it.
1: I think I've uh, given her many thoughts. Uh, Charlie is the perfect person to kick us off. Let's hear it. Okay. So. One of the, the prompts you, you wrote was how, how do we define an influencer versus a creator? You know, maybe that's something we can get into. But what I think is that every creator has influence over their audience. So like whether they want to take ownership of that term or not, every creator is an influencer. There's many thoughts I have on this when it comes to the responsibility that you have as a creator, as someone with an audience that maybe we can go into in uh, a future episode. But I do think that, that to be true, that every creator, whether they intended to be an influencer or not, has influence over an audience as they start to build it. I don't think that every single influencer is a creator. I think that many are. And perhaps my definition of creator might be wider than some others, um, you know, in terms of the, uh, when you think of influencer, you think of like that person on Instagram who is shelling out the the fit tea and the Lululemon leggings and the whatever, like, you know, <laughs> pitching all the things all the time. I think that there's a lot more creating that goes on than perhaps we might see at first glance there. But then there are also influencers who are only in it for the money and who are only in it because they want to be famous and because they want to have that influence over other people. Um, and that's what drives them. And that's where I think the difference is for me is in terms of your motivation. Like what is your motivation for building Mm. an audience? Is it because you wanna sell them shit? Or are you selling them shit because it's like an opportunity to to make money from this thing that you've built from creating yourself? I don't know. Mm. That's some early thoughts. I love that. Should we go around and do like early thoughts so we get the lay of the land here of what we're all (laughs) thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: let's hear it, Miguel.
2: Yeah, so, okay. So what what comes to mind first for me is obviously each word, influencer versus creator, kind of gives you a peek into what that person might be doing. So to what Charlie was saying, an influencer I feel like is somebody who I think the point of what they're doing is to maybe drive something or, as the word suggests, influence a bunch of people, whereas a creator might just be doing it as a creative outlet and they then happen to find an audience or maybe they, they find a following. And then it's hard for me to describe because I feel like a a creator can be an influencer, but an influencer doesn't necessarily have to be a creator. Mm -hmm. Like what Charlie said. So when I think of like influencers, I think of like Instagram influencers, like, you know, like a, like a Kardashian or whatever, you know, they're very, they have tons of followers. They have tons of influence. They get paid to hawk certain products, but are are they actually creating something out of thin air? I don't know. Maybe I don't really follow them, but
0: I think that the word influencer as like a profession is something that's really misunderstood. If you look at, for example, I've been to so many conferences, right? So many conferences and you have this, like a a panel of influencers or creators, right? And they, in their respective kind of fields, let's say like design, right? And you see the amount of work that goes into what they do as a creator. And usually they're like the early adopters. So we'll say like DIY bloggers, something like that, right? They are doing multiple DIY projects. They're changing their house. They're getting dirty. They're doing all the things And there's so much work that goes on the back end of it. But what the other side sees is they see pretty home pictures and someone spending Mm -hmm. a lot of time on Instagram, but they don't actually see all of the physical work that's involved in what it is that they're actually doing that's creating the content that's fueling them being influencers. So you have this like this kind of group over here, and then you have a secondary group of people that see the pretty things, but have yet to realize all of the work that goes into it. And I feel like that that is the community that's perpetuating this idea of what an influencer actually is. And they're saying, oh, I want to become an influencer. I want to do what she does. And they're working towards that, but they haven't figured out how much work actually is involved in being successful at being a creator, which provides influence or gives you the authority Mm -hmm. to have
1: influence. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. And something I I feel like I want to call out here, just get on my uh, feminist soapbox mm-hmm. for a second, is that I feel like it's mostly women who are called influencers and then men who might be doing something very similar, like selling things through Instagram, taking photos, whatever, are, are often more called creators and they're not referenced as influencers. And maybe it's, to, I don't know, like, like I said, On the soapbox for a second, won't go into it too much, but we do live in a patriarchy, right? And women's interest, quote unquote, things like home decor, like makeup, all of this takes and fashion like takes a lot of skill. And I have, you know, influencer friends on Instagram who spend hours like crafting the perfect makeup, trying new things, like coming up with new ideas, taking photos to put it up. All someone would see at the end of the day, if they scroll through their feed is like, pictures of their own face. And it would be really easy to write them off as just being vain, just being about looks and just being about beauty and all that. And I think it's like a problem for women in this industry in particular to get written off. And it's also interesting that being called an influencer is kind of become like a, a bad word in a way, like a derogatory term for uh-huh. the serious creators out there. So I don't know. I just wanted to raise that as like a I don't have a solution for it, but it's like a problem that I've noticed occurring in the industry. Yeah.
0: I love that point. And it highlights what I had had mentioned is, is that, like, you know, in the intro here is that I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> yeah. I really don't know what the answer is to that. Is I agree my first thought when I hear the word influencer, if it's not accompanied with a creator who has influence who you know, who has influence and is recognized as an influencer. I think of it as the same thing as a derogatory term in a way, Mm -hmm. like that's my immediate, I don't give it a lot of weight. And I, and I write it off. What I'm curious about is more like when people identify themselves or when they're, when, you know, when creators or influencers are talking If you have someone that identifies as an influencer, why do they identify as an influencer? Or if they say, Mm -hmm. uh, conversely, I identify as a creator, why do they identify as a creator and not, not an
1: influencer? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like the people that I know who would identify as influencers mostly would use the term because it's what the industry understands. And it's what like the brands understand and what the brands are looking for really, right? Like, because um, maybe that's the difference between influencer and creator is that a creator might have other revenue streams and like, you know, things going on as well. Whereas for an influencer, someone who really identifies as that, the brand deals are the bread and butter at the end of the day. And so they refer to themselves as influencers because brands are looking for influence, right? And they're looking to hire an influencer. Like that's what a brand is looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at all the statistics uh, on, uh, sorry, Miguel, I totally jumped
0: in there. But if you look at all the, um, you know, the trainings that teach people how to pitch brand deals, right? They're pitching their influence. That's what Mm -hmm. they're actually teaching them to pitch. So that way they can obtain a brand deal. That's probably a good, a really good point about where this actually has been, driven from is the what what's known in the industry on the brand side.
2: Yeah, it seems to me like a really important distinction is, you know, social media influencers, they have usually have like an established credibility in a specific industry. And that's why they get these brand deals and stuff like that. Because I think by virtue of their authenticity and their reach, they can persuade others to possibly buy a product, sign up for this, go to this thing. So it seems to me like, the access to that large audience is kind of the appeal of that person to other companies. Whereas a creator maybe doesn't have an established audience, or at least not at the scale that maybe like a social media, quote unquote, influencer has. So it just seems to me that if you're an influencer, it can be for the sake of influence instead of for the sake of creativity, Whereas mm-hmm. a creator, it's for the sake of creativity and some influence might come with that, depending on what kind of following you gather.
1: Yeah. Like I'm an influencer. I feel a bit sick saying in it that I am. Like uh, whether I like it or not, I have influence over the design community because of the audience I've built. And I take that very seriously, you know, in terms of what brands I will accept sponsorships from, because I'm aware that like I am influencing. And if I talk about something and And show it in use, it might encourage other people to use it as well. And I want to make sure that it's something I could actually stand behind. Um, and I think that influencing comes along with being a creator when you reach an audience of a certain size, it's like, you know, you like it or not, it's, it's there for you. I do think there are some people like, yeah, interesting. It's talking about this motivation thing and where my Instagram friends who do the beauty and fashion thing struggle is that there are a sector of that community who are just in it for the money and to influence. Uh there was a recent thing going around twitter of this one like fitness influencer who traveled to dubai during covid uh, a lot of the british like influencer types did that they sort of like escaped over there and this person was on the news um talking about how well i'm here because it's my job you know i have to inspire people and so that's why i had to travel during covid because hmm. it's my job and you know I, that's what i have to do. And that, I don't know, like, I like to see the best in people, but that definitely did rub me the wrong way. And just, (laughs) I felt like it set us back as a creator industry when it comes to the influencing side of things like that sort of attitude.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite creators, I've been following him for several years now. He's, uh, he's a British subject living in Australia. I don't know. Is that
1: the right way to say that? <laughs> a Brit living in Aussie. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Um, a British named, subject. Yeah. British. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I don't
1: know. You were listening to too much Hamilton.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, his name is James Smith uh and he is uh, he's a PT so like a physical therapist um so he has a lot of he's in the basically in the fitness space he's had James Clear on his podcast so he's kind of like you know in a lot of our you know i guess creator kind of eco small little ecosystem you know mm-hmm. and one of the things that i like about him more than anything now this is going to be controversial so i recognize, i recognize this but he's re- a really educated person as it comes to the fitness industry right he has you could look at his name and then you have a list of all the things, you know, the MD or, you know, all the things following after his name. And what he's done with his platform as he grows (laughs) is he calls out, um, I think what he would call influencers for promoting things that are unhealthy to women specifically, So things like skinny tea. And so what he'll do is he'll use this platform and he will put someone on blast uh, by name, pull up their profile and say, this person is someone that you should not follow because they're promoting things that are one, untrue, that are too unhealthy to like, let's say like body positivity or the reality of what it looks like to be a woman, right? So let's say that somebody's talking about a skinny tee removing cellulite, right? He just is like, no, this isn't true. And if you're gonna try to perpetuate these issues in women, then I'm gonna call you out for it. He it's really bold and some people are like, how, how could you do that? But I I think that one of the issues that I have with the influencer community and like I said, I, I don't know how to describe mm-hmm. that, but one of the issues that I have is perpetuating things, um, that are wrong because they, because they make money mm-hmm. and specifically as, as it centers around like the fitness world, right? Because people are always trying to look, a, be a certain standard, the world standard of beauty. And it feels like that is the most promoted thing within the influencer community is things to make women look more like the standard of beauty in the world's eyes.
1: Mm-hmm. You posed an interesting question and now uh, sort of like, you know, some prompts before this, are influences part of the creator economy? And I would like to know what you think about that, Haley and Miguel. Like, are they?
2: Yeah, I think they are. Back in in another life, I used to be a a middle school teacher and I taught civics. And in civics, one of the things that we learned are different propaganda techniques. One of those propaganda techniques is a, a testimonial. And a testimonial, I feel like is, what it is, is like, why Shaq is on TV selling Icy Hot, you know, because he's an athlete and he uses it because his muscles are sore and whatever, but he didn't like create Icy Hot, you know, but at the end of the day, we we trust him because he's an athlete and he has sore muscles, so we're gonna buy it because Shaq use it, or at least that's the connection that the advertisers are making. So I feel like in the same way, in the, in the creator economy, there are different cogs in there, and um, what is more part of an economy than, a testimonial from somebody who garners a large audience or has a lot of recognition, whether it's their face or their name or what they do. And you pay that person to tell other people to buy your product for you. So absolutely. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that there's varying levels. Like when you look over our, you know, overall at the creator economy and especially the movement that it's having right now, right? Like you look at every major software company out there they're recognizing the creator economy as a key part of their industry, right? Like LinkedIn is a perfect example, right? LinkedIn right now is hiring, talks about the creator economy a lot and talks about getting more creators using their platform as, you know, a tool to share their, like writers would be a great example for that. Um, But I think that one of the more important things about establishing the creator economy for the greater good of the creator economy is recognizing like, I don't know, the different levels of creators like that make up that creator economy, right? The different the people that are adding value to what the creator economy is actually trying to fuel and what the story that it's trying to tell. So, yes, I do. I still think this one's a hard one to answer for me because I don't know how I identify like if an influencer is this has a singular definition or if Charlie, like you had said early in the conversation is that not all influencers are creators, but creators all have influence, you know, Hmm. and if you're looking at the creator economy, you're looking at the individual archetypes that fall within that creator economy is an influencer an actual defined creator within that creator economy. I don't know the answer to that, right? Or is the influencer a description of a creator? Like you either have influence or you don't.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I would say that they are a part of it, whether we like it or not. And that if we have to be careful because it could end up going badly for creators as a whole, the more power that the people who are only there to influence have. So- A good example of this might be um, while I was living in the UK, so I can't remember the exact year it was, but sometime in the past like five years or so, uh, they introduced new, much stricter rules for declaring sponsored content. And it came about mostly because I believe, like, if I'm retelling this correctly, there's a show called Love Island. I've never <laughs> seen it, but it's like a reality show in the UK. Yes, that all the like people from Essex go on. Sorry, people from Essex. <laughs> Everyone who goes on that show, like dating show, whatever it is, becomes famous, right? And their Instagram gets loads of followers. I guess it's kind of like people who go on The Bachelor uh, in the US. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they become influencers, right? And they suddenly start getting brands reaching out to them because they've got this huge Instagram following, right? Saying like, oh, we'll pay you to promote this. And some of them are like, great, give me that coin, you know? And they'll promote it without sort of considering the wider impact. And so I guess what I'm saying is we all, like every single person who is a part of the creator economy has a responsibility for the reputation of the creator economy, Mm -hmm. perhaps you know, uh, and they are a part of that and they're having an impact on the creator economy and on the way people see sponsored content, right? Like people started to become distrustful anytime someone talks about a brand. They were like, are you paid to talk about this? That's why we had to introduce new rules to better declare when things are paid because people weren't being upfront and weren't doing the right thing naturally, right? And so it had to be more controlled. And I think we'll see more and more of that as the creator economy grows and that probably... A lot of the creators like us who are trying to do the right thing are going to be negatively impacted by the people who are just in in it for the money and perhaps aren't thinking about the wider implications of things.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it, it makes me think a lot about, um, you know, the project that we have, <coughs> I'm a blogger that's turned into I'm a creator, right, is it was really important. Nathan, our founder, it was a frustration for him. He would say like what he does for a profession. He'd say, I'm a blogger and people wouldn't associate blogging with earning a living or making, you know, being able to support your family. And that was really important for him to identify or to like, you know, kind of change the perception around what a blogger actually was and how financially, you know, you could support your family financially become being a blogger that we've obviously transitioned that into becoming, you know, being a creator and the work that go that's involved in being a creator is important work, right? If somebody identifies themselves as a creator, they consider their work to be really important work that propels society forward. You know, you take James Clear as an example. He's a writer, he's an author, he's a creator, and all of his work is work that is helping to drive society further by creating better habits. And then you have someone, you know, it's hard for me to put, you know, James Clear and (laughs) the bad influencer, you know, the bad influencer in the same bucket, you know, if that makes sense. But Julia Markham and uh, Chris Markham, I think that's how you say their last name. uh, Their Instagram handle is called Chris Loves Julia. They actually have a course that they've titled The Good Influencer. I think it's really interesting because what they do is they just bring all that stuff out on the table. They, they do a lot of things. They have a lot of revenue streams, but they've learned all the right ways and the wrong ways to do this in order to actually have their audience have built an authentic relationship with their audience. But most importantly, they've built trust with their audience. So their audience doesn't think that they're slinging them things that they don't actually believe in or use themselves as their career has progressed, right? Right. They're only taking on certain types of partnerships that actually, that they want to share. And I think they do have done a good job of highlighting that there's both good and bad influencers and then taking the appropriate steps Mm. to teach people how to do it the right way.
1: Yeah. That's another thing I guess I was going to say as well is that I think it's our responsibility, like everyone making up this creator economy to educate the ones coming up. Like, I don't think we're going to convince the Love Island stars to start caring about the products they're promoting and like, you know, doing good for the world. Yeah. Whatever. That's okay. But what we can do is like, you know, I think it's the stat that like more kids right now say they want to become a YouTuber when they grow up. It's like the most popular job that kids want to have. So like, what can we put out there to help make sure that when they do start making content and building their own audiences themselves, they are aware of like the right way to do things, you know? Mm-hmm. And how can we encourage them to, to have these morals and like things in place, which is really hard if you're a kid Yeah, going forward. So we don't end up just with more influences in it for the money.
0: Yeah, I love what uh, Noah had written in the chat. Charlie, if you wanna pull this up and then he, you know.
1: Let's bring this up. So I would I would amend to Noah's definition, which I'll read out for the the audio listeners. Creator is someone with or seeking to grow a dedicated audience by producing content. I would say not necessarily content, producing art, producing anything to do with their craft, um, I would say is a creator. And then for influencer, Noah had a person who could influence potential buyers of a product or service by promoting or recommending the items on the internet. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And uh, from this, you can see how a creator could also be an influencer,
2: right? Yeah. One thing worth calling out too is this is a relatively new thing and I feel like it's been disruptive in a lot of ways. And I think people are still trying to figure it out. And the idea of there being norms and uh, perfectly defined terms within the industry, I think it's still in flux and we're still sort of trying to figure it out. And we may never totally figure it out because things change so fast now that by the time we get a handle on anything, there might be something else that comes and disrupts things. So all that to say is, I think that the industry is just going to, I just, I don't know exactly how to put it, but I think the industry is going to have to sort of figure itself out. And eventually at some point you have to trust your audience. Yes, It's great that uh, in Britain, they they made disclaimers to try and make a, a more defined line between what is sponsored stuff and what isn't. And that's great. And at some point you just like I said, have to trust your audience to make up their own mind about your own authenticity based on the choices that you make on the things that you talk about. I mean, if if I'm a bachelor person on The Bachelor and I'm just mm-hmm. like on there and I'm just like, uh, yeah, hey. Try. Just
1: imagining Miguel on The Bachelor. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah, out of nowhere, I just make an Instagram post about some, you know, some hair care product or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, people are going to be like, uh, okay, sure, I guess, you know, but... You know, if, if you're a creator and you're putting stuff out there and you have a <laughs> following based on, on on what's going on <laughs> in your feed and, and in your to your audience, I feel like people if out of nowhere, Charlie came out of nowhere and just started hawking some weird products that have nothing to do with anything ever, they'd be like, wait a minute, you know, so.
1: Hang on here, yeah. 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 I just have to bring out this comment from Teddy. <laughs> I'm glad I Britain did that laughing. for their subject. As soon
2: as
0: I saw it, I started laughing.
2: <laughs> for you on the that are listening, uh, Teddy decided to say that he's glad that Britain did that for their subjects, so. <laughs>
1: great callback, great callback, Teddy. Always love having you in the chat. <laughs>
2: It was really hard for me to finish my sentence because I was trying not to like acknowledge that that was gonna be, that was making me laugh.
1: And the fact that me and Haley
2: were both cracking up, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As soon as I saw that pop up, Teddy, I, I had a good. I, everything
0: that Miguel said, po- like after that, was was gone.
2: That's okay. You can go <laughs> back and listen to what I said, and then tell me what you think
0: tomorrow, <laughs> later on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I apologize. Um, one of the other questions that I had uh, proposed. Was how do we classify like rising stars on on TikTok? Someone like a Charlie D'Amelio, who's what the largest influencer on TikTok? I think she has over a hundred million followers. Do you define her as an as an influencer? Or do you find her as a creator?
1: Both is my answer. I think, and I believe that she started out as a, like she started out to create, right? Like she was wanting to make fun TikToks, doing dances and things like that. I believe is how she got her start. I don't think that she started on TikTok envisioning that this was her future career. You know, I think she started because she was having fun making things. And that's honestly probably the reason why she's so successful as well.
0: Yeah. I I watched a few interviews uh, with her just kind of like, I'm not a huge TikTok. I might not be the right generation for TikTok. I don't know, but I'm not a huge TikTok
1: no TikTok, no Among Us. Come no, on, no, Hayley. no, no, no. I actually engage. I
0: don't make my own TikToks, but I do watch TikTok. So, like, I, I, I engage in it. I just don't like have not, you know, done one of my own. But um, one of the things that um, I really like about Charlie D'Amelio is that people love her because she's. This is such a like a fluffy word in this space, but she's authentic people see her Mm -hmm. as a normal girl. Mm -hmm. They didn't see her as an influencer. And I think that they followed her because she was normal and she wasn't trying to grow an audience. And by being a normal girl is what other normal people, they saw a likeness in her. I really appreciated that about her growth. And I've looked at a lot of her content since like, you know, early in her kind of like her rise in like 2019. And I think for the most part, she's stayed pretty true to that. Like there's no way that you can um, not get, with a with hundred million people, people are going to say something, a lot of negative things about you, right? But for the most part, I think that she's done a really good job of just maintaining that girl next door type. Yeah, that, that girl next door type feeling and, and people have really adapted, you know, or like bonded to her in that way.
1: And I think there's a lot of people who would kind of write her off as an, like, write her off as an influencer, you know, being like, oh, you know, she's just out there promoting products and making money from TikToks, which is true. She is making <laughs> money from promoting products and TikToks. But that's where I have a problem with the term influencer being used in a drug, a true way to sort of undermine the work that someone did to get that influence in the first place, you know? That, yeah. Like we've got to recognize that as well.
0: I uh, we want to pull up one of these questions, maybe the question
1: from Drew. Um... I just wanted to bring up Noah's. I've also never ticked the talk. (laughs) Yep. This one from Drew, how do we find uh, audience versus community versus following? Yeah, that's an interesting one. How how do you define it?
0: I don't know if I think that there's actually a definition between the two of these. I think that it's more like what the creator themselves, how they talk to their community, you know, a community Mm -hmm. feels like something that's A little bit more like we have a creator community uh, within ConvertKit, and it's something that people feel like they're togetherness. They're in something together. They're experiencing it together, just like you do in your home community. Right. Um, So I think of community as something that's a little bit more um, collaborative An audience, I think of something that like an audiences don't necessarily engage with you. So if you go to the movies and there's an audience, right, watching the movie, they're not engaging necessarily with the creators, like on the movie. They're watching. Same yeah. thing for following. Yeah, they're watching. Yeah. So I think I think audience and, and following are, are mutually exclusive for me.
1: Yep. I think the audience and following are pretty much the same. And then, yeah, community, I really like the way you defined that. Community is when the audience feels like a part of something. Right. And they sort of feel ownership over it as well. Like Charlie D'Amelio definitely has a community on TikTok. You know, there's people who are there instantly the second she uploads and who love her and, you know, are talking to other people in the comments as well and things like that. I would consider that a community. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would, I would agree with everything that you guys said. I also really like what you said about the community being collaborative, but, uh, In addition, I think, uh, like in what we're talking about here between influencers and creators, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to find a way to differentiate an audience between a following and how Mm -hmm. that pertains to like a creator and an influencer. Cause I mean, even like these words are all used in the apps that we use, right? You know, you find someone you like, you follow them, right? That's how you kind of subscribe to them. So subscribing and following is also similar and interchangeable audience and a following can be interchangeable. but. I mean, I might be an audience to something I wasn't necessarily seeking out, whereas a following might be, I saw your content because I've seen stuff you've done before, and I like mm. what you do, and I want to see what you're going to do, whereas, you know, an audience might just be, you know, somebody links you to something. Like, I get lots of TikToks from my wife all the time saying, hey, check this out. And I'm like, that's really cool. And I have TikTok on my phone because it's the easiest way to see these TikToks, but I don't actually do any real perusing on there. So I'm not following anyone. So
1: Right, but you are an audience. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you are consuming content
0: from a creator, influencer, whatever, and they address you, the audience, Mm -hmm. right? How do you want to be addressed? Do you want to be addressed? And, and the reason I asked this question is because we're, we're trying to do, or doing a lot of work in the music space on the ConvertKit side of things. Right. And, uh, we're working on changing some of the language on our website and questioning mm-hmm. whether or not the web, the, the language is fans or audience. Right. And that's two different things. So when you're for music fans, right. A fan of a musician, they're rec- like it's socially acceptable to be called to be a, a fan, fan. Yeah. to be a fan. Yeah. I don't know if the same for, um, influencers and creators, right. Is if it's, if like when you hear someone, an influencer say, Hey, all you fans out there,
2: you know, (laughs) I don't think that would give me the warm. That's exactly how they would say it. (laughs) Hey, all you fans out there.
1: You're right. And I think it's to do with the, the girl next door thing that you're talking about for, for Charlie D'Amelio, right. For an influencer Hmm. Maybe not in every case, but I feel like in a lot of cases for an influencer to actually and a creator to be successful at influencing other people, they have to feel relatable and they have to yeah. feel like, oh, we're, we're in this together and we're going through the same things, you know, that authenticity side of things. Yeah. And I feel like calling your audience, your fans crosses that line and, and puts you in a pedestal above them. Yeah. I would feel super uncomfortable if anyone referred to my YouTube subscribers as my fans, you know? I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. The first thing that came to my mind when you said, how do you want to be referred to? The first thing that popped into my head was not as you guys, that is my biggest <laughs> like pet peeve.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Uh, um, I will work on that. I actually am one of those people that types, hey guys, on my emails. And then I hit backspace, backspace, backspace you know, because it's just like second nature. Uh, and But it yep. is something that I'm actually, I am cognizantly working on. <laughs> but, but you didn't answer the question. How do you want to be referred mm. to? Do you want to say like, hey friends, hey community, like how, when somebody is addressing you and they're saying for all my fans, followers, subscribers, audience, community, what do you want to be
1: called? I feel like I'm okay. There are creators who I would say I'm a fan of, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm even friends with some of them, but I would still say like, I'm a, I'm your fan. Like I'm a big fan of what you're doing, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't mind being called a fan. It's more my discomfort comes from calling my own audience that, if that makes sense. Ah. Yeah,
0: mm. I don't know. That makes sense. Miguel, what do you think? Oh, Noah says he calls them his readers.
1: I like that,
2: my readers. There you go. Yeah, also there's a a distinction, right, between your fans or fans of your work because I feel like there's like a step of removal Mm -hmm. there where they're like, they're fans of what you do, not necessarily, you know, just basically people that love you. But on that note, something that I was thinking about and I was wondering what you all thought about this was, it seems to me like an influencer is oftentimes, maybe not always, but oftentimes they are the product. Or as a creator, somebody who's creating products.
0: Oh, that's such a good point, Mm -hmm.
2: Miguel. Because, you know, I'm here for, I'm here for Charlie, I forget her last name, Charlie. D'Amelio. I'm here for Charlie D'Amelio, but, or are you here for Charlie D'Amelio's, what she creates, right? What Mm. she, what she's making. Yeah. Because I know that that's an important distinction too. I'm
0: really glad that you said that. That's a really, really good point. There are a lot of people that follow, I would say you could break up Charlie's audience, you know, into two, two buckets. People that a lot of her audience are really young people.
1: (laughs) And just a reminder, (laughs) Haley's talking not about me right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the other Charlie. Um, but, There are people that are following her because they want to learn how to dance like her and they like that the Mm -hmm. content that she's creating and there are people that are following her because they want to wear what she's wearing. And those are two different, like two totally different groups of people. But yeah, I I love that point, Miguel. That's not something that I've really thought about um, is that oftentimes the influencers are the product themselves versus creators who are creating something new. I love that.
1: I have a lot of people following me who are, this is going to sound really big headed, but who are there for me. Like who, in which case I am the product for them because I used to make all this different stuff on YouTube. I have people who still follow even though they're not interested in design, right? They just like me for some reason. What weirdos, you know? (laughs) Um, And so in that situation, like, I don't know, I guess how I would respond to that, Miguel, is that it could, the same thing could be true at one time for each creator, each influencer, because it that depends on the relationship with one person in your audience in particular, Right. You could be an influencer to one person and just a creator to another. To someone else, you could be just like you, their wife sent you a TikTok, you know? Uh, yeah. And uh, that's how they they came across your content. They don't really care either way. All those things can be true at the same time. This is a good conversation. Thanks for sparking it, Haley.
0: Yeah, like I said, I didn't know the answer to it. Some of it's been a lot of jumbled thoughts, but ultimately I think it's uh, an interesting conversation as we talk about the creator economy and it continues to move forward. It's important to have an understanding of what your own thoughts are around this topic. Well, guys, do we think, are we done? I'm joking. No.
1: I think we're uh, done. The <laughs> end. Goodbye. <Yeah. laughs> uh,
0: last time, for all of you guys that are that are listening, last time uh, when it was my turn to host, I got really nervous and I saw the time and I said, well, it's been 30 minutes. Uh, we're done now. <laughs> so I get really nervous with the closing uh, and I'm not quite sure where to go from there. So I just really awkwardly stopped the conversation.
1: Today, it naturally came to an end on its own. So well done. There we go.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, Did we have anything, Charlie, that we wanted to call out from Haley and the community?
1: I did not prepare a banner for it, but you should head to, oh, shoot, what's the URL? We ran a challenge recently, and there are winners of that challenge, which is really exciting. I think it's just, yep, ConvertKit.com slash challenge slash winners. Check out all the winners of our Grow Your Audience Challenge. Because there were some great landing pages and great things that people made to give away opt-ins and things as part of that challenge. We had a lot of people building an audience over the past month, so it's been exciting.
0: Building an audience. See, that's what we decided to call them, audiences. Mm
1: -hmm. There we go. We
0: didn't say building (laughs) fans, you know. (laughs) Good deal. Well until next week, friends, thank you guys for joining us. Um, Oh, design gal, we're just now seeing all your, your stuff pop up in the chat. So sorry that we didn't get to that, but, uh, maybe we can throw one of those in. Is it possible to be a creator and avoid the pressure of being an influencer?
1: Oh, well, I, I really want to go into this in more detail in a future episode about the responsibility of being a creator. So let's save it for then because honestly, I think the answer is no.
2: Oh, this is such a tease.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is such a tease.
2: We don't even have to have the episode. The answer is no. Everyone have a good day. <laughs> uh,
0: design gal, I, I hate that I don't know your name. I want to call you by your actual name, but uh, join us next week and we'll maybe kick off the conversation with that because I think, uh, yeah, Charlie just teased it. So we're going to have to come Sounds back great. and circle around.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or at the very least, we can add it to a QA episode. So
0: There we go. Ah, there we go. There we go. Good point. All right, friends. Well, thank you. We'll see you next
2: week. Bye. Bye, friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week. And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern.
1: This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com slash free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey.